experience or time in your life where you're now looking back on that and it's a positive. Well, I mean, I think, uh, I would say, I think there's a lot of negative stuff that's happened to me in the past. You know, like, I'm no different than anybody else. But really what it is, is, you know, you can look at, you know, look at failed businesses, right? Like, yeah, I, I tried this, it didn't work. Uh, that could be seen as a negative, but, you know, it brought me to where we are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all my life I dreamed of being a rock star and, you know, blah, 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 and a pro guitar player. And, you know, I was a pro guitar player for a while. Um, but, nice. You know, the problem is I'm not very good. So you definitely have some talent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you have semi-talents. Oh, semi-talents. <laughs> but, you know, that... That's so funny. You know, that kind of, you know, learning from that and the hustle that that gave me, you know, is what helped to create few. I mean, you know, we... You know, I said, you know, my big band I created for one particular reason is I wanted to play a show at a particular venue. I just wanted to be on that stage. Uh, you know, we ended up headlining yeah. it seven times. You know, I was on the radio, uh, been on the radio multiple awesome. times. We had a, a showcase at the, you know, you know, we had a show, you know, a huge showcase in New York. We did a showcase show. Um, you know, as far as bands go, we were crazy successful, but I guarantee you never heard of us. Um, What's the name of the band? Uh, we're called Berber, but you never heard of us. Berber. Yeah, I guarantee it. Uh, I have it. Sorry. But uh, but I'm really excited that you got to like live out something that you had projected for yourself as a goal. Yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. But it's, you know, and wonderful. It's that hustle and. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I uh, that's what entrepreneur is. It's it's hustle because the world is stacked up against you. Um, so you get you got to make the world care, which is really hard because nobody really cares that much. <laughs> you got to make them care. But in the same thread, nothing exists without entrepreneurial spirit. Correct. Nothing was ever built by people sitting and waiting for others to have ideas. Nope. You got to take it. You got to so, take the risk. You got to go after it. And you got to do it you know, with unbelievable yeah. perseverance. Oh my God! Yes, and and a level of fearlessness that even when it's terrifying, something inside of you says, "Keep going." Yep. I know it looks awful. Keep, Keep going. going. Um, and it's a very it's a very scary proposition, and and I I recognize that and. Uh, can totally relate as a fellow entrepreneur and oh my god I just like I I look and I I look at Allison and I look at you and I look at other people that I know that created a brand and I'm like how did you actually do this like I'm just amazed you like not only did you create something but then you went through the process of getting it sold around the country or around the world that in and of itself is a feat to pat yourself on the back for it's, when you go to sleep at night. It's all so damn hard, but that's yeah. that's what makes those highs so high, you know. It's and yeah, you know, the, the ups and the downs of the entrepreneurial life, you know. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you won a major award, and you know, instantly all of our products sold out all over the world. You know, like it's like four hours, our entire inventory disappeared. Um, Oh my god! Which gosh. is great. Good problem. That's a good problem. Yeah. 
but it's still a problem. But, you know, but you know, inside <laughs> of a month, we were getting threats that if I didn't deliver more whiskey, then you know, we're going to lose this distribution deal, or they're going to kick us out of our uh-huh. store forever. And you're like, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to do. What you just keep on, but you, yeah, you fight through and you figure it out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been in that boat, not from the brand ownership perspective, but from the sales perspective, where we just didn't have the inventory to handle the volume and the requests. And it was bad. It was so bad. I was like, okay, this is a good problem, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still a problem. It's a hurdle. Um, But is there, when looking back on everything, um, do you have any regrets or anything you wish you would have done differently or something that taught you so much that you would totally do it differently going forward? You know, I think there's a couple of ways you could look at it. You know, you can look at it knowing what I knew then versus knowing what I know now, you know, knowing what I knew then, I, I think I got pretty lucky and I didn't make too many mistakes. Um, nice. Knowing what I know now. Uh, yeah. It would go on a lot bigger, a lot earlier. I would have raised more money and, you know, built out a much bigger distillery because, you know, in hindsight, we had plenty of demand. <laughs> uh, and with foresight, I had no... That's amazing, though. Right? I mean, we hit our 10-year sales goals in about two and a half years. Wow. And so, like, how do you... That's impressive. How do you plan for that? Like, you know, I would not have anticipated that, you know. Hey, you know... <laughs> we set out our goals, right? Here's here's what I think we're going to be selling in ten years, and we were pretty happy with that, and it was looking good. And yeah, you know, we hit it, and then you hit it so we early. Hit so early, like uh, oh god, oh god, oh god. Um, how do we? <laughs> well, how many states were you in when you hit your goal? We were in twenty five percent of the projected timeline. Yeah, we're about five states. Wow, um, that's incredible. And. And it was just wild. You know, we're getting phone calls. Hey, we want to carry your stuff and we need your stuff here. How can I get your stuff on my shelves? And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. And, you know, I was, I was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was telling the story and we got contacted by this distributor in uh, the UK after like being in business for like a year. And they're like, oh, we want to distribute you in the UK. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, no, no, thanks. Uh, we can't sit. Well, you have to like ship it there, right? You have to get it. You have to ship it there. We have to supervise it. You got to support it. You got to go out. Like, I can't support that. And like, hey, I appreciate it. You'll call me. You'll call me back Um, in a couple years. Maybe we're ready. Give me a few years. Give me a couple years. Yeah, exactly. And so we called back in like six months. Like, hey, you guys ready yet? I'm like, no. (laughs) Six months. (laughs) I love it. Well, and but that speaks to the quality of the product that you're producing and the integrity of the brand. So that's a compliment, even though, oh my God, give me a exactly. few years. Yeah, here's six but, months. Have you done yeah, it yet? Yeah, he, so he called back like six months later. He's like, I'll tell you what, I'm going to come visit you. And you told me no to my face. I'm like, okay. Uh, you fly, you okay. fly to the UK to come see me at my desk. You're going to get my attention real quick. The answer is no. The, the answer is yeah, yeah. If yeah. you'll come, the answer is yes. Oh, so really? he came. So did you do we it did. then? <gasps> in six months. Yeah. So it was uh, about a you know we're you know we're exporting to the UK inside of like three years of sales, and 
you know, within a year, we were wow. the number one craft spirit in the UK. Um, the guy's now one of my best friends on the planet. Um, you know, I took my family to, you know, my entire family flew to Barcelona for his wedding. Um, wow, that's, that's uh, awesome. But, uh, that's really cool. I'm like, All right, you, if you're going to fly from London here to meet me, you're dead serious. This is not just, hey, we're going we're gonna to screw around. Um, but I mean, that's kind of what yeah. you need, right? No, that's what you, you need a partner is somebody that cares. Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Paul Haletko. So first, let me thank you, Paul, for joining us and sharing your story, your experiences, your brand, and all of your ideas. Oh, thanks, Christy. Really, uh, really excited to be here and uh, looking forward to a fun chat. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. <laughs> so I just, let's go right to the nitty gritty. Start by telling us more about yourself. And this can be anything from your childhood and upbringing to your education, to what you're doing now, your community involvement, personal history, whatever it is. Well, it's I mean, all on the table. <laughs> everything. Well, you know, I'm six foot tall, uh, brown hair. Brown eyes. <laughs> um, I'm a Pisces. But, uh, I was going to say, what's your sign? Do you like long walks on the beach? You know, I, I've really, I have real textural sensitivity. So the actual answer is no, I don't. Because the, uh, I don't what? like the texture of sand on my feet. <laughs> oh my God. That's one of the best sensations the feet can experience. And it's exfoliating too. Oh, no, I, I get it. Um, yeah, but uh, you just don't like it. I just don't like it. Uh, although I will admit that it's way better than, you know, you're going to hate me now, uh, but I hate walking barefoot on grass. That texture just drives me insane. Um, oh, my God. So you've got a foot texture issue. <laughs> I've got a lot of issues. Okay. All right. <laughs> just don't, don't get my wife started <laughs> on my issues. <laughs> don't we all? But this is, this is funny. So you have a feet sensation challenge. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing. So this is one of your adversities <laughs> in life. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I think there are those that would say it's an adversity. I think it's a skill. I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> but, uh, You're hilarious. Um, no, I mean, you know, some of you know, mine is Paul. Uh, I'm a dorky suburban dad. I've got three kids. We live in, uh, live in the suburbs right outside Chicago. And, you know, that's all cool and interesting. But what people tend to get excited about is I make whiskey for a living. Um, yeah, that so, is exciting. <laughs> that's a, my kids are always remaining very confused that anybody cares about dad because, you know, obviously I'm super embarrassing. I've got three teenagers. Um, yeah. And, but uh, that's your job right now. Yeah. And they, they haven't quite yeah, figured out. Humiliation factor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very good at it. Trust me. Good um, way to go, man. Yeah, no, they. Uh, I've uh, I've always been quite a disciplinarian because all I have to do is uh, tell them that I'm going to go to school wearing my six foot tall penguin outfit, and let them know that I'll be standing up there with a sign saying I'm your blank child's daddy, and uh, they'll do whatever you want because I play dirty and they know I do. Oh my God. I have to threaten my uh, almost eight year old with giving him public hugs and kisses. Oh, at drop off. you wouldn't dare. 
Oh, I totally do. I'm like, if you don't get your ass out of this bed and brush your teeth right now, I'm totally going to give you way too much sugar when we get to drop off. <laughs> so embarrassing, mom. God. I know. I know. He wants to be cool. God. <laughs> I'm like, here's the thing, kid. No seven-year-old has ever been cool in the history of the world. <laughs> Doesn't exist. That's a unicorn. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... That's that's kind of it, you know. I uh, grew up in Michigan, been living in Chicago now for coming up on twenty eight years. Um, oh wow! So you know, basically been living here in Chicago a lot longer than I ever lived in Michigan. But I always take a, you know, I kind of think you're from where you graduate high school. Um, yeah. yeah, at least in part. And yeah. True, until you have anchor babies. <laughs> I'm from Arizona, but my kids are from Texas, so I think I'm a Texan. Oh, okay. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you won't hold it against me? I won't hold it against you. I just, I'm just i really just waiting for them to get my bike out of the basement of the Alamo, though. I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can assist with that. Sweet reference. There's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> Oh my god. I think we're gonna be best friends forever. Um so tell me about Few. So um how long have you when did you start the brand? How long have you been selling? Like what is this story? So Few, you know, we're a small grain to glass distillery, meaning that we make all of our own spirits ourselves from you know grain we can get as close to home as we can get it. Uh we've been on the market now almost nine years. Um, we made our first nice. uh, made our first shipment August third, twenty eleven. So uh, we're coming up on that nine year mark, and it's been it's been a wild ride. Um, yeah, you know, we're now for sale in fifty countries. Th- you know, sorry, thirty five countries, fifty states. Um, and you know, we win you know critical acclaim after critical acclaim, and it's just you know, it's really fun and exciting watching this little. Uh, passion and a little bit of craziness continue to grow and blossom and thrive and get people more and more excited about what we're doing um yeah and you have multiple expressions yeah it's for few right yeah i mean uh, you know aside from my little foot texture things i've got a raging case of add uh which is probably very related um but uh (laughs) Uh, I'm not that smart, but you know, you know, you got started yeah. basically so that I could create stuff. Um, you know, to you know, few wasn't started to make money. Few wasn't started to do anything. Few was started so that I could make whiskey. And all right, you know, so that's kind of where all these, pro- you know, there's all the different expressions kind of come out of the whole point of doing few is to create and make new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And so that you know that hasn't really Love changed. Uh, you know, certainly our bourbon and rye continue to grow and sell. Uh, I mean, the few rye is the number one selling craft whiskey in the United States for folks that make their own. Uh, while our bourbon, congratulations. Is number... Yeah, I mean, it's the stuff moves. Uh, but I think it's just really That's people awesome. get excited um, once people try it, they see it, they enjoy it. Um, you know, they start making that connection and they keep on coming back. And I think that's the exciting part. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. So, but how did you, how did this happen? Like you one day wake up and decide to start distilling? Well, like basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah obviously there's more to it than that. It's always, <laughs> but uh, yeah, people always ask, well, why well, why'd you do that? And my answer is, you know, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And, uh, yeah. you know, no good story starts with a salad. But um, <laughs> you know, it also, you know, it, hilarious. it goes back to even before I was born, though, because for me, I've got a little bit of family history with beverage alcohol. And prior to World War II, my grandfather's family owned what is now a major brewery in the Czech Republic. And as you, oh. as, uh, you and I assume most of the listeners know what happened in 1939, uh, but if you don't, yeah. uh, Nazis invaded and they confiscated the brewery and uh, they murdered my entire family in the camps with the exception of my grandfather. Uh, and then oh my God. he spent the rest of his life trying to get the brewery back, but never did. And so, you know, 25, 30 years ago, I started making beer at home and experimenting with all that. And then, you know, the, you know, life gets in the way and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then when my grandfather died, it kind of struck me that this whole family legacy and history is gone forever if I don't do something about it. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of when I woke up one day. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, Interesting. And I think it's really tough. I mean, I think it's the beverage alcohol business in particular, distilled spirits is a really challenging business. And so if there, yes, it is. You know, if there wasn't something behind it, or something pushing me other than money, I don't think I don't think it would work. But for me, it's yes, it is a business, and this is how I feed myself and my kids. And you know, I've got a whole team, and this is how they feed themselves and their kids. But for me, a few is business, but it's also art and it's creativity, uh, and it's a personal yeah. expression. But for me, it's also blood, and yeah. you know, the stuff that really matters in life, which is you know, family and friends. And I think that's kind of where few comes out of is this family centered and friend centered approach of, you know, bringing families and friends together over a drink. And it's a pretty magic business in that way, because that's what we do is we bring people together and we bring families together. And, you know, even just for me, the actual entire existence of the entire company is an attempt to bring family together. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think that's a that's a really powerful story. Well, it's and I've heard it said before. I actually on a on a bourbon distillery tour um that beer is whiskey for quitters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I would say beer is just like whiskey, but whiskey's for grown ups. Oh, but I love beer too. <laughs> um, we won't hold it against the bearers. But that is really, really fascinating that your that your family history is such a powerful story of overcoming the worst possible devastation that one could imagine. I mean, that's I can't imagine what life was like for your grandfather. Well, I mean, I think it was it was really oh tough. God. I mean, my grandparent, my my grandmother survived the camps too, but you know, they weren't married at the time because they were teenagers. 
Um, you know, mm. they met in the they met in the holding camps after the war. And wow. you know, I think it's always tough because how do you you know, somebody like me, like you know, little Midwestern kid, I don't know how you can imagine what they did or what they went through. Um I, I just don't get it. No. Yeah, it's not. We have no reference for that. There's no. There's nothing no. in the ballpark to be in a reference for that. Um, so. God, let's hope there never isn't again, too. Sure. I mean, you know, there will be because right? people forget. But that's. <laughs> it's really tough, but. You know, you can also, but you can try to take yeah. that, and you can you can raise a fist to the sky, or you can try to try to do something positive and. Mm-hmm. you know creative and build your own rather than something else and so that's what I'm really trying to do it's and I'm just yeah. you know I kind of see that I'm really lucky because I get to combine all this stuff and I get to combine this you know love of family which is obviously super common everybody loves their family and I'm no different mm-hmm. um, and I get to combine that with this you know passion to create uh, fondness for alcohol and and at the end of all that, I got really lucky that I'm pretty good at it. Um, that's <laughs> I've got a lot of that's the businesses. best outcome possible, right. right? I've got a lot of failed businesses to my name, and uh, I'm I'm good at this one. I finally found something I'm good at. That's awesome. Well, it's a trial by error. Right. That's life, right? Exactly. Yeah, you only fail if you start. Yeah. So, I've been doing a lot of Peloton. If you weren't, this the uh, they can knock you down, but they can't knock you out. Right. Totally. So if you weren't doing that, though, what would you be doing? Like if you had endless amounts of financial resources, would you be doing this? Yeah. I mean, I, I love making whiskey. Um, and you know, I talked to a lot of people. I used to do other stuff and people I was like, well, you know, how I can't, I can't quit my job or I want to do something else or I want to do, I hate what I do. I want to do something else. And I'm always like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Uh, uh, and I go see that's your problem. You know, once you find something that you'll crawl through broken glass and fire to do, that's what you're going to do, and you're going to succeed. And I will yeah. crawl through glass and, and fire to make whiskey. You can't, you can't stop me. It's not about business. It's not about money. It's not about anything else. It's about that passion. And it's about that creativity. And it's about, you know, it's art. And it's you know, it's art. You know, every day we try to put liquid art in a bottle and I've got blood and I've got creativity and we've got everything we have is soaked up into this because that's what it takes. And yeah, I think if you're an entrepreneur, Oh my God. Yes. Uh, I I know. I know. It's not easy, but it's really rewarding. Yep. The highs are really high and the lows are really low, but I kind of am a roller coaster kind of person, and typically entrepreneurs are. We like riding the ride of life, yep. <laughs> and that's what drives us. Um, but that's really interesting. So, do you have? Yeah, you knew going into it that you would have the support that you would need to make it happen yeah. for them because they wanted it so badly too. So that's that's definitely a, a better proposition for yeah. sure. <laughs> that's impressive, though. That speaks volumes. Um, but wow, your story is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm just loving <laughs> this. Um, and I don't even know you. I don't even know what you what? look like. 
this, which is so weird for me because usually, you know, everybody on this podcast I've met before. <laughs> like, you're one of three that I haven't actually met. So in we'll person. fix that. We'll fix um, that someday. We'll fix it. Just, I know. I know. I'll, I get to Chicago, but, you know, this whole COVID thing yeah, has yeah. to someday. stop. Yeah. So, how is how, I, I, well? Honestly, I, I, this wasn't a question I was necessarily going to ask. But how has COVID affected your business? Well, you know, it's not helping, obviously. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, shut down of the on premise, and you know, on premise is probably half of our business. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, half of our business went to zero overnight, just like you know, obviously for the on premise, one hundred percent of our business went to zero. Uh, you know, but yeah. for us half of our stuff went to zero and a lot of the retail business has, that has been so focused on, you know, commodity and heritage brands at low price points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not helping either. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are, you know, but we are known and trusted name. Like people, people in the business know who we are. They trust our quality. And so I think we've, we've continued to kind of hang in. Yeah, we're we're hurting, but we're hanging in. It was you know we're yeah. we're tough, and you know we're part uh, you know few is part of a portfolio with some sister companies, and so we kind of have each other to help support each other as well, and that's very helpful too. Yeah, um, you know it's like a restaurant group with multiple concepts. You go one goes up, the other one's going down, or what have you. And everybody shares a little yeah. bit. They can't all be at the top right. all the time. And so yeah. You know, it it's good. Sense. You know, our standard deviation, you know, gets shrunk. Uh, you know, we're all hurting, yeah. but uh, it's also nice to have other people on your team too. Um, yeah, to not be alone. To not be alone. Like I talked to a young friend with Allison <laughs> yeah. Park, who uh, is the founder of Bread Whiskey. You know, I know you know that, but listeners might. Um, yeah. And it's really powerful that she and I get to talk because we're not alone. An example of a negative experience. Yeah. And you're in you're in the Correct. same boat right now being craft brands. Um but that's really interesting. So does Illinois are liquor stores considered essential businesses because they are in Texas, which was a huge yes. shock to all of us. So Texas. liquor's uh liquor's essential, okay. but of course here up in Illinois we also have uh, essential cannabis stores as well, but uh, we'll focus on liquor. That is That essential. is uh, that's that's <laughs> how agree. the world has changed. We don't have we don't have that in Texas. Yeah. CBD isn't even legal there technically, <laughs> no. which is crazy because we have CBD stores popping up, but it's not le- technically is- legal. I don't understand how that works, but not my industry, yep. not my problem. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, um. So, I'm sorry. What yeah. were you saying? Strange, strange world we live in. <laughs> strange, strange times for sure. Um. But what would you want the listening audience to know about you? Well, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what we're always talking about is that passion and that creativity. And, you know, we want people to give us a chance. You know, take a look, take a sip, talk about it, enjoy it. Um, and ideally enjoy it with friends or family. And that's that's what we make yeah. whiskey for. It's, it's that moment where you get to share things. Well, and I got to tell you, I love those candles. Yeah, aren't those nice? Those few candles, oh my God! That's is that that's the bottle, yeah. right? Well, it's it's funny. Yeah, with the label, but no, it's actually candle. a recycled bottle. That's the uh, reduce, reuse, recycle uh, ethos right there. Um, 
That's nice. Allison Park put those in the witty goodie bags the yep. first year. And they're heavy. <laughs> I mean, those candles are nope. no joke. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this candle was, like, so heavy. Like, my shoulder was hurting going back to my flight home. But it's so it's, worth it. I love and, the uh, candle. And TSA loves them on the uh, scanner, too. they like, what the hell is that? Because it just looks like I this know, brick. I know. But they're, they're quite yeah. huge. They, uh, they are. And they weigh more than a brick, yeah, they're, I they're think. Crazy. But they're beautiful, and they last yeah, forever. And I love the way that you're reusing your brand identity for that purpose. Well, it's yeah. a lot of glass and it's reuse cool. it. I mean, if you, it's, we only get one planet, you know? No, yeah. it's. Yeah. So if people want to learn more about Few or you, how do you want people to best reach you? Because I will put these links in your bio. Awesome. Um, but how, what's what's the ideal way for people yeah, to I think social you? media is always an easy way. You know, we're on the internet at the uh, fewspirits.com or on all your social medias at few spirits. Uh, few is just spelled F E W, super simple. Uh, spirits like a ghost or like liquor, for example. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I think we're pretty easy to find. Uh, reach out, uh, give us a phone call with numbers on the uh, also on the Googles, and uh, you can find us. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's great. And I've honestly, like when mine ran dry, I melted it down, put a new wick and new wax in it and oh. reused it. I love how you pluralize everything. Socials, internets, and it's a, it's a Chicago thing. Like, uh, you know, you go shopping at the jewels. It must be. Yeah. Right? That and Portillo's, yeah, right? Yeah, the Chillos, the jewels, the, the Wrigley's. <laughs> oh, did I say it wrong? Oh, no. Is it Portillo's? Think, yeah. You say the yeah, both L's? So. Oh. Okay. Well, you're, come on. You're Chicago. Well, you know this. We're, we're, I trust now, if you. You're in California. I'm going to correct the way I enunciate if that. If you're in Southern California, <laughs> it probably would be Portillo's. But here in Chicago, it's Portillo's, so, I think. That explains why in Southern Illinois they call it Pico de Gallo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't get that. Um, it's so funny. Oh, my God. What a great reference. Oh my or the, God. Uh, there's a yeah. uh, there's a city in oh Egypt, uh, kind of at the north of the Nile, called Cairo, but here in Illinois, it's Cairo. Yep. Now I get it. Okay, now it's all yeah. connecting. My little brain is working overtime, and I'm yeah, learning. Yeah, you got things. the La Jolla here in Illinois, but in La Jolla in San Diego. <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, I, this has been a blast. I thank you so much for your time and for your stories that you shared. And I'm really excited to one day, hopefully, meet you face-to-face when this nonsense we'll is over. Um, but thank you for supporting the Witty Conference with yeah. those candles that first year. That was just wonderful. Everybody thank loved you. them, uh, truly. And um, and I always appreciate anybody that supports Witty because, you know, it's a nonprofit. So it means yeah. a lot to me. So thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you for well, your thanks, time. Christy. Thanks, Christy. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Really? You guys mispronounced Cairo. that too? <laughs> like a syrup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's my pleasure, truly. Um, And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.